Hello, you guys. What is up? Welcome back to another episode of Killer Instinct. Happy Wednesday. Happy Thursday if you're watching me on YouTube. If you are new here, hi, my name is Savannah and I'm your host of Killer Instinct. Make sure you go ahead and hit that subscribe button. That way you never miss an episode. We post weekly every Wednesday on the podcast and then every Thursday on YouTube as well. And you are not going to want to miss it. Now, as you guys can tell by the title of today's episode, today we are talking about the solved case of Ernie Ibarra. Now, this is definitely a heartbreaking case. And it's one of those cases that really makes you question everything in your life and everyone who you trust. So with that being said, let's jump right on into it today. So Ernie was born on Christmas Day, actually, born on December 25th, 1985 in Texas to his parents, Ernest and Rhonda. He was born in a town called Mount Pleasant and grew up with a brother and two sisters. His parents split up in his early childhood and his mom went on to remarry a man named Russell Floyd, who then became Ernie's stepfather. Now, Ernie was known for being a very smart guy. He graduated from Mount Pleasant High School in 2004. And Ernie had a passion for technology and computers, so much so that he went on to take computer classes and was even able to repair his own computer and other people's computers. He was just a really technologically savvy guy. So alongside his love for technology, Ernie worked two jobs. He was very hardworking. He worked at a baseball and softball manufacturing company, as well as working at Little Caesars Pizza. Like I said, Ernie was incredibly hardworking and he felt the most fulfilled when he was doing something productive and doing something that was helping others. He was always the one to offer to help and always the one that would clear his schedule if he could to help either his friends or his family. Ernie was a really low-key guy. He minded his business, he stayed in his lane, he worked his jobs, he worked on computers, he liked to play video games, he liked to read. His sister described him as a bookworm, and he was really happy with how his life was going. And then in 2008, a new sector of Ernie's life was fulfilled, and that was his love life. In 2008, Ernie met a woman named Samantha Wolford at a local tattoo shop. Now, Samantha was born in 1989 and is the oldest of three children. And when Ernie and Samantha first met, the two of them hit it off right away. His sister Natasha even went as far as to say that in the beginning of their relationship, they seemed like soulmates. Now, when Ernie met Samantha, Samantha was a single mother. She had two girls that were twins, and this did not scare Ernie away at all. He was head over heels for Samantha. And in the beginning, it seemed like they had a lot of things in common. They both had the same hobbies. They liked to play video games, and they just clicked really well. Ernie hadn't been this excited about a woman in a really long time, so his family knew when he met Samantha and he was super excited and excited for their future that this was the real deal. And so Samantha and Ernie start dating, and Samantha actually ended up getting pregnant again. And surprisingly enough, she got pregnant with a second set 
of twins. So now she has two sets of twins that she got pregnant with back to back. And I know nothing about twins. And so I decided to look up the probability of this. And there is a one and a 700,000 chance that you will get pregnant with back to back sets of twins. So it's very unlikely, however, that was the case for Ernie and Samantha. The second set of twins arrived in 2011, and Ernie was head over heels for them. He was so excited to be a father. He was a stepfather to Samantha's first set of twins. However, he just felt a new purpose in life, and his twins were his entire world. These twins were a set of boy-girl twins, so now Ernie had a son, and they seemed like the happy Brady Bunch family for the most part. And their family did not stop there because then in 2013, when Samantha was 24 years old, they welcomed their fifth child. So now Ernie and Samantha and their five kids are a family of seven. And Ernie and Samantha are doing their best to not only support their family, but support each other. And that can cause a lot of stress. As we know, children are very expensive. And so to have five of them at a pretty young age was very stressful for both Samantha and Ernie. And while Ernie was off working his two jobs, like I said earlier, he was working at the Bat Manufacturing Company to support his family, along with Little Caesars, Samantha was a stay-at-home mother. So it was really Ernie's responsibility to bring in as much money as possible to support his family. Now, even though Samantha was a stay-at-home mother, which is a job in and of itself, Samantha had a new passion that she was trying to fulfill, and that was starting a YouTube channel. Now, Samantha really wanted to start this YouTube channel, and the reason for it was she wanted to be famous. And I think that when anyone starts a YouTube channel, that is something that they think about. I feel like most people say that they don't. However, that is always something, you know, that you think about. You think about the views, you think about subscribers, you think about all of that. But Samantha wanted to be famous on a wider scale. So she created a YouTube channel called Simply Manic. Now the hope was that Samantha would be able to generate extra income from her channel. And that was the motive that Samantha told others when she was talking about her channel. She would say, I wanna make money off of it and have it become my full-time job. But the ulterior motive in that, that she really wanted was the fame. Samantha was very big on being the center of attention, and she typically would do whatever she had to do in order to grab that spotlight. She loved being the center of everyone's focus, the center of attention, and that turned over to wanting all of this fame and success and everything that comes along with it. She wanted her name to be known. And for a long time, Samantha's initial dream was to become an actress. However, that dream ended up taking a backseat once she ended up having children and she figured that being YouTube famous was the next best thing. Now, her YouTube channel did not do as well as Samantha would have hoped it did. It certainly didn't do well enough to generate any income. She had about 3,000 subscribers, or at least when I checked today, she had around 3,060 subscribers, and that's after all of this occurred. So I'm not necessarily sure how many she had back then. And her YouTube channel is still up. So if you're curious and you want to go watch her videos, they are still up. However... I don't recommend it. There's not anything very telling or fulfilling about her channel. And her channel seemed very 
messy and I'm not here to knock anyone's dream. However, it was very clear when going back and watching that Samantha did not planned these videos out well. They seemed very spur of the moment. They seemed very whatever thought came to her head, she just said it. All of her videos are under 10 minutes long and they just consist of her talking about her interests, whether that's makeup or tattoos. Her first video was posted on November 18th of 2011 and it was called Brides and Stupidity. And it's a five minute video where she talks about her cousin's wedding and all of the occurrences that happened in the wedding and all of the things that made her mad that happened in the wedding and all of the things that she just didn't like about it. And in 2012, she actually made a video about how her house burnt down from her air conditioner overheating and how her and her family pretty much lost everything. Now, she doesn't mention Ernie in a lot of her videos, which you can take that how you want. Some people say it's strange. Some people just say it's her channel. Ernie was more of an introvert and didn't like being in the spotlight even though the spotlight was very minimal at that point. But she rarely talked about Ernie. And when she talked about her house being burnt down, she didn't mention Ernie at all. She just mentioned that her and her kids' belongings were completely burnt to ashes. But that's partially because her and Ernie did have a pretty tumultuous relationship, and we will get into that in a minute. However, Ernie was constantly moving out of the house and moving back in based off of the arguments that him and Samantha would have together. From what was said about their relationship, it seemed as if every time they would get into an argument, Ernie would leave and attempt to break up with Samantha. However, he would always be lured back in because she was the mother of his children and he wanted to be able to be there to raise his children with her. Now, her last YouTube video was posted on May 14th, 2014, and it was pretty much her explaining her morning routine with her kids. And like I said, Samantha posted videos very sporadically and she was never able to generate any income from it. But again, the income wasn't her goal. Her goal was to have people know who she was and have people know her name. Now, people who knew Samantha personally said that over time, even though her YouTube channel didn't seem very well thought out, it definitely became her main focus. And it became her focus over her family and over her children. It really consumed her life. Now, obviously, because this channel seemed to be so consuming and it was all Samantha could think about and talk about and worry about, the care for her kids didn't become a priority anymore. And for Ernie, this really bothered him. They would consistently get into arguments about it because Ernie was frustrated with the lack of attentiveness that she was giving her children. He felt like he had these two jobs, he was out working, he was out trying to do as much as he could for his family, and Samantha didn't really seem to care. All she cared about was this YouTube channel. And I think the basis of all of this is that Ernie just wasn't into the whole internet fame thing. And while Samantha never had internet fame, it was the idea that she could potentially one day have the fame that she wanted that just turned Ernie off. They just had very different interests. 
Their lifestyle goals were just very different. I mentioned earlier that Ernie was more of a low-key guy. He was way more laid back, but Samantha wanted to always be the center of attention. So that was Ernie's biggest gripe with Samantha. And then Samantha would get very upset with Ernie for his gaming. She didn't like how often he was playing video games. She felt like it took the attention away from her. She grew very cynical of it, and they one time got into an explosive argument because Ernie's avatar in his video game ended up marrying a different female character. Now, I don't know about video games, so I am unaware about how serious of a thing that is marrying different avatars. However, this was Samantha's last straw and she absolutely blew a gasket over this. But again, Ernie didn't want to watch his family split apart. So after this argument happened, this was in 2014, Ernie decided that the best thing to do in order to mend his family was to marry Samantha. So Ernie and Samantha got married in 2014. However, the marriage was very short-lived. Samantha did call the police on Ernie back in 2014 and alleged that he was abusing her and attacked her. Now, there was a domestic violence incident that authorities had to get involved in in 2014. Samantha did call the police on Ernie and Ernie was arrested for this. However, no charges were pressed and nothing really came from it after that. However, the incident was serious enough where Ernie did get arrested. So everything that I just told you about now leads us to February 20th, 2013. On the early morning hours of February 20th, Samantha's mother, whose name is Rosie, received a frantic phone call from Samantha who was screaming on the other side of the line. Imagine an app designed to make you use it less. Seems a little counterproductive, right? Well, Apartments.com's Instant Alert feature works exactly that way. Instead of scanning rental listings a million times a day, simply set and forget your search to whatever you're looking for in a place and let Apartments.com do the rest. From pet-friendly apartments to balconies to in-unit ACs, Apartments.com's powerful search tools let you know when the perfect combination of features you're seeking is listed. So you don't have to power through rental descriptions one by one. With more rental listings than anywhere else, Apartments Apartments.com's instant alerts mean that you can spend less time looking for the perfect place and more time on just doing you. Apartments.com, the place to find a place. Samantha was hysterically telling her mother that three intruders came into her house, tied her up, and kidnapped Ernie. Now, Rosie didn't live in the same area as Samantha, so it was going to take her longer to get over there. However, Samantha's aunt Ginger did live nearby, so Rosie ended up calling Ginger, and Ginger ended up going over to Samantha's house to see what the hell was going on. When Ginger arrived to Samantha's house, she found Samantha with her hands and feet tied behind her back. Now, the Titus County Sheriff's Department arrived shortly after and they did a full search of the house. They saw that the front door of the house was on the floor in pieces and there was a sign of physical struggle. So there was a sign of forced entry and there was a sign of physical struggle as well. Police said that there was also blood on the wall, which resulted from the physical struggle and there was a lock of hair by the door. 
Now, Samantha was brought in by police for questioning because obviously she was the only one at this point who could tell them what happened. Police had no idea where Ernie was. They had no idea how they got there, but what they did know is that Samantha and Ernie's house was torn apart, but there were no valuables taken. So this wasn't a robbery. They know that Samantha was tied up and they know that Ernie is missing. Now, when Samantha was asked to recount what happened that night, she said that her and Ernie were in bed asleep. It seemed like a very typical, normal night. She then said around 1 a.m., she felt someone jerking on the blankets in her bed, and that's when she said she saw three attackers standing in her bedroom. She said that one of the attackers held a knife to her throat while another one dragged Ernie down the stairs into the living room. Samantha said that while she was still upstairs with a knife to her throat, she could hear the intruders viciously beating Ernie downstairs. She said that shortly after Ernie was taken from the bed, Samantha was also brought downstairs, and she said that in that moment, she decided that she was going to do whatever she needed to do to survive for her kids. She said that the attackers put both her and Ernie on their knees and the attackers forced Ernie to look at Samantha while he was continuously being beaten and pistol whipped with a gun. Samantha explained this encounter as they were almost using her as a torture tactic. They were having Ernie and Samantha stare at each other while Ernie was being beaten to death. Samantha said that during the attack that these men were screaming at Ernie and telling him that he needed to appreciate his wife more. After they were done beating Ernie, they decided to take him out of the house and from what Samantha said, she said that Ernie was still alive when the men removed him from the home. She said that two men removed Ernie and the third one brought her back upstairs and tied her up with a ribbon and a dress of hers that was in her room before they all drove off. Samantha said she laid in her bed for a little bit until she knew that the coast was clear and that the men were gone and that is when she used her nose to call her mother because her hands and feet were tied behind her back. Now police obviously asked Samantha if she knew of anyone that would want to hurt her, hurt Ernie, or hurt their family and at first she said she had no idea. Police said that Samantha painted a very rosy picture of their relationship. She said that they barely fought and they had, for all things considered, a very healthy marriage. Now, Samantha also said that the attackers were wearing baggy clothes and face masks, so she had no way to identify them. So Samantha's sitting there with police. She's telling them everything that she remembers about what happened. She's telling them that her and Ernie, you know, despite their past disputes, have decided to put that all in the past and they were looking forward to the rest of their lives together. They were looking forward to their happily ever after. And she definitely painted a picture with rose-colored glasses. But while she's sitting there and explaining all of this and police are listening to her, Samantha has an epiphany. 
Quite literally, in the middle of explaining all of this, Samantha stops and then tells police that she thinks that she has an idea of who could be responsible for this. Samantha said that the day before this all happened, she had gone to the hospital. She said the reason for going to the hospital was because one of her friends had just had a baby, and so she was visiting her friend and her new baby. Now, Samantha said that while she was at the hospital congratulating her friend on her new baby, she started telling her friend about her relationship with Ernie and how Ernie was being very abusive towards her. Now, this is despite the fact that she just told police that their relationship was pretty much perfect. Now, Samantha said that while she is telling her friend this, her friend's boyfriend, who was also in the room, was getting increasingly upset about what he was hearing. Samantha's direct quote was, quote, there's this guy I met yesterday. His name's Johnny Reb. He could have done it, end quote. She then went on to say that Johnny told her that he was going to handle her situation. Now, coincidentally enough, Samantha actually received a text message from Johnny while she was in the interview and the text message from Johnny stated that he was still at the hospital, which gave police his exact location. So police got in their cars and raced over to the hospital and they were able to find him. Johnny's real name is Jonathan Kyle Sanford. He was 25 years old at the time and had just been released from prison. Now, authorities arrested Johnny, but they also arrested his brother-in-law named Jose. So police bring in Johnny, who in short gave him a very similar story. He said he met Samantha a couple days prior and said that after hearing what Samantha was saying about her relationship with Ernie, he decided to take Ernie out of the picture. Now, he also said that he recruited his brother-in-law, Jose, as well as another friend of his named Octavius Rhymes to help him. Now, Johnny actually said that the original plan was not to break into the house and kidnap Ernie, but he said that the plan was to do a drug bust instead. They were hoping that by planting drugs in Ernie's vehicle or somewhere where he would get caught with them, that he would go to prison, therefore, quote unquote, taking him out. So they made this plan to plant methamphetamine to actually set him up. And the night before the murder, he said that himself, Octavius, Samantha, and even Samantha's kids drove to Octavius's cousin's house to pick up the drugs. Now, you might be confused on where Samantha comes into play with this because how on earth and why on earth was she in the car with her children to go pick up drugs to plant them in Ernie's truck. This really made police wonder how much does Samantha know? And it also made them question how involved she could have been in this. And we are going to explain all of that right after the break from our sponsors. So police are talking to Johnny and he confesses, he tells them everything. He says, the plan was to do a drug bust. We drove over to Octavius's cousin's house to pick up the drugs. They did successfully pick up the drugs. However, they said that they didn't go through with the drug bust because Samantha was the one who actually wanted him dead. 
Johnny told police that Samantha told him that she had been trying to get rid of Ernie multiple times before, however, it never worked. And so she told Johnny that she wanted to get rid of him for good. Now, Johnny told police that he was actually with Samantha's children the night before the murder occurred and that he took them to Walmart to get something to eat. And that was kind of Johnny's way of saying, listen, I'm not lying. I took her kids to go to Walmart to get some food so you can check the cameras and you'll see it. And so police went and they checked those cameras and lo and behold, they found Johnny walking in with Samantha's kids to get them some food. Now, police then spoke with Octavius because they obviously have to confirm this story to a certain extent. And so they went to Octavius and Octavius confirmed Johnny's story. He said that Samantha had been trying to get Ernie killed for years. Based off of that conversation, police then got a warrant to look through Samantha's phone and they found a text that Samantha had sent to Octavius and it said, quote, kill Ernie's phone, shut that shit down, ditch the phone, move, end quote. And that was pretty much Samantha's nail in the coffin in this case. It showed police that she was way more involved than she ever let on before and that she was the mastermind behind this entire thing. So now the police had a better understanding as to what happened leading up to the night that Ernie was kidnapped, they still needed to know where Ernie was. So when police were talking to Johnny, he told them that after they had kidnapped Ernie, Octavius, Jose, and himself took Ernie into a remote area in a town over called Camp County. Johnny said that the three of them continued to beat Ernie up before they told him to strip down before they ultimately shot him in the back of the head and left him there. Johnny actually took police to the exact spot where they left Ernie's body and that is where they were able to recover him. Now, ultimately, Johnny and Jose ended up pleading guilty in April of 2016, and they were each sentenced to 50 years in prison. Now, Octavius pled not guilty in December of that same year, so he had to go to trial, but after his trial, he was found guilty on all counts, so kidnapping and murder, and he received a 93-year prison sentence, so much longer than Johnny and Jose. Now, Samantha also pled not guilty, and her trial started in September of 2017. However, after all of the evidence was presented, she was found guilty and sentenced to 140 years in prison. Now, there has been a lot of speculation as to why Samantha did this, and the truth is, is that no one really knows. No one knows what was going on in their relationship, if Ernie was abusive, how abusive he was, was this all for attention? I do have a hard time believing that all of this, this whole murder for hire plot was all for attention. However, people who know Samantha said that it wouldn't be that outlandish to believe that she is that much of an attention seeker and quite frankly, that much of a narcissist to put herself in this situation thinking that she wouldn't get caught. Now, even though Samantha is now serving time in jail, she has still found a way to maintain connected to the outside world. Now, I am not sure if you guys have ever heard of a website called jailbabes.com because I certainly had not. However, it is basically a website where female prisoners can seek out pen pals in whatever nature they want. Typically, it includes a romantic or sexual nature. And Samantha 
is on this website, and I am going to read you her bio. It says, quote, There is never a dull moment with me. I am a caffeine-addicted Mormon who loves to laugh and enjoys life to the fullest. I love meeting new people. It's always quite interesting getting to know people from all walks of life, so never think we'll be ill-matched. I'm not judgmental. I have a passion for anime, manga, cosplay, cosmetology, literature, gaming, and enjoy those I love. I enjoy the outdoors and nearly every animal, cats being the best. Obviously, lol. I'm a bit of a nerd, but I'm fun. I am trying to learn Spanish and am nearly fluent in American Sign Language. I enjoy long conversations. I'm a bit of a talker, lol. The greatest gift anyone could ever get me will always be a book. I absolutely love to read. I work hard so I can play harder. Write me so we can play together. You won't be disappointed." End quote. I'm sorry, but that is the most bizarre bio little snippet that she could write considering when you take into account that she was able to go through this entire master plan of murdering her husband and she wants to sit there and write her little bio about there's never a dull moment with me i love cats and i work hard so i can play harder it's mind-blowing it's genuinely mind-blowing and it is tragic what happened to ernie it is so tragic and it's horrifying to think of the fear that he must have felt sitting there being beaten over the head and pistol whipped while he's forced to look at his wife not knowing in the moment that she was the one that orchestrated this entire thing now since we're on that topic the fact of the matter is is we don't know how involved Samantha was in this whole plan once Octavius, Johnny, and Jose got their meaning. We don't know if she actually played along like she had no idea what was going on or if she was a part of it and was helping the three men along the way. But regardless, like I said in the beginning, this is one of those cases that really makes you want to take a second look about who you trust because Ernie had been with Samantha since 2008 and this is in 2015 and according to johnny and octavius and all of these people samantha's friends samantha had been wanting to get rid of ernie for a very long time why she wouldn't just divorce him is unclear that's the main question i see that you guys comment when we talk about cases like this is why is this the better option than just simply getting a divorce and we do not know but I'm very interested to see what you guys have to say in this and how involved you think Samantha was and what you really think happened that night because the truth of the matter is is that we will probably never know what really happened that night, but I'm very interested to see what you guys think. So make sure you let me know. And with that being said, that is all for me today, you guys. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of Killer Instinct. If you are new here, hi, my name is Savannah and I am your host of Killer Instinct. Make sure you go ahead and hit that subscribe button. That way you never miss an episode. We post weekly on the podcast every Wednesday. Wednesday, and then again every Thursday on YouTube and you're not going to want to miss it. I will be back next week with a brand new case for you guys and until then, stay safe. Bye guys.